And welcome back, everyone, to the podcast with me, Zane Fullett. And I'm here with my good friend, Amrik. Hi, everyone. Back again. <laughs> that sounded a little worryingly reluctant. Yeah, um, got nothing else to do, so back again as always. <laughs> I like the idea that I'm very prioritised in your life. Yeah. I mean, between jobs, what can we do? <laughs> so, um... What are you here to talk about today, buddy? Well, today we're going to talk about gaming. It's February, so we're going to look back, be a little bit retrospective, look at the games we enjoyed last year, things we're looking forward towards this year, and other interesting gaming. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's something that we both healed very dearly. So, of course. Uh, yeah, as you said, it's February, and now's a pretty good time to look back at reflective mood and say, how good was 2018 in terms of gaming? Um, well... What did you play, which was of significant interest? I know I had a few fair games of mine, but you go first. Well, I'm a big retro gamer, and something I particularly enjoyed was Earthbound. So this was the second game in the Mother series, released in 1995. Yeah, ish. Yeah, JRPG, very quirky, very fun, very unique, great dialogue between characters. Hmm. Yeah, and a fantastic all-on game. Yeah, you know, Earthbound is one of those series where uh, anybody who's in the know knows the kind of stature behind it, right? Yeah. So, uh, funnily enough, we in England didn't get to play it when it originally released. It yeah. was exclusively released in Japan and America, but uh, recently the SNES Classic was released in England, and yes, that included a copy of Earthbound, mm-hmm. a port of Earthbound. Which I was fortunate enough to buy, and it really lived up to the hype. Yeah, exactly. And... You know, I, I really can't stress the impact Earthbound has kind of had on the, the nerd culture, I have to say, in gaming in general. I mean, a lot of the tropes that you get in Earthbound you find in later RPGs. Yeah. Uh, uh, one significant one of uh, recent lore is Undertale. Undertale takes a massive page out of Earthbound book. In fact, it started as an Earthbound fan rag hack. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fan rack, fan hack. And so you can really tell just the, the stature that this game holds I mean, gaming. Und- Undertale itself is a fantastic game. Yeah, absolutely. But you can see how inspired oh, it yes, is. truly. Just the humour and you know, even the look of the game. It looks like Earthbound. So Earthbound was probably the first game I played after 2018. Hmm. And that really stuck with me. It's without a doubt an experience I'll never forget. Hmm. It's an enjoyable start to finish. At no point did I feel like I was just grinding away level after level. It was... Just fun throughout. And I was lucky enough to go to New York. I yeah. went to the Nintendo store in New York near Times Square. Yeah. And I bought myself the cutest little um, Ness amiibo. Ah. So the main protagonist in Earthbound. Bought a tiny little amiibo of him. And I love it, cherish it, and he's up on my shelf. <laughs> and for me, that's always going to be a fantastic memory. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those games that really leaves an impression on you. I mean... Uh, the sequel in the series is Mother 3, and unfortunately that was never given a Western release. So it was released in Japan in 2004, and because fans were so desperate to play it, uh, some dedicated fans decided to translate it from Japanese all into English and then release a new ROM of it. That just blows my mind. These guys went line by line and did a fantastic, just true to, true to earth translation. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it just speaks. So I think that in particular speaks to the uh, the reverence behind the series as a whole and the Definitely. love that people have for the game series. Because you know you're not gonna do you're not gonna make that kind of effort for just a willy nilly game. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, bless the guy who did it, but yeah. that's 
would be the crowning glory in my life if I was the person that made that translation, knowing that I did something as fantastic as that yeah. and brought joy to so many people, gave them the release they wanted from Mother 3. I mean, you you do literally save lives as a living, so yeah. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't discount your contribution to the world. I do have to ask, though, uh, what made you go back and play a game from 1996? Well... It was strange, actually. So, my first encounter with the Earthbound Mother series characters was through Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Okay. And I was recently playing the subspace emissary, the story mode behind that game. And I kind of, interest kind of peaked where are these characters from, looked into it, and yeah, that's where I started going in, going into the Earthbound kind of game. Yeah, because I imagine from English eyes, you're like... Who is this kid? Exactly. What, what are so you doing here? We have these characters in Smash Bros. Ball speaking essentially Japanese. <laughs> and I'm just like, I wonder where these guys are from. Like, what's their, what's the story behind them? So yeah, looked into Earthbound. Hmm. And speaking of Smash Brothers. Oh yeah. Well, you know, we are fortunate enough this, this last year, in 2018, to get uh, the newest release in the Smash Brothers series, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And, uh, Truly ultimate in every single yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to say that we have put our time in on this game would be a bit of an understatement. But it just really shows how good it is. Um, I mean, what? The first Starting with was a, back in... Yeah. March? March time? Back in March, I believe, yeah. Yeah, we got a little snippet that at the end of a Nintendo Direct saying there would in fact be a Smash Bros. game for the Switch. Now, that, we... that was an intense little video <laughs> that was. The fiery embalm of the Smash Brothers just yeah. burning in the background of the Inkling's eyes. And, you know, anyone on the internet who was kind of in the community would have been like, ooh, what is this? Ooh, yeah. what, are, what are we dealing with here? You see, people were kind of speculating it would be a port of the last Smash Bros. game. It turns yeah. out it's, um, yeah, it's they a really went, game. They went a step above and beyond. Yeah. Like like I said, Ultima in every single sense. It really speaks to the, um, the Nintendo culture when it comes to legacy, you know? Yeah. And how Smash is just one of those games. They know the legacy of the game. They know the impact it has on the, on the community. And so they've decided to just put everything into it and yeah. deliver something that people can just remember fondly and have the best time with. I mean, it really shows the developers were putting all hours of every single day into this game, but putting their heart and soul into the game, taking yeah. no holidays. Mm. And, and and whilst, you know, on a side point, while we don't condone that kind of working conditions, I mean, like, personally, I don't feel like that's a good way to work. Of course, <laughs> of course, no, it's not sustainable in any sense, but you get the feeling for them, possibly it's a labour of love. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I mean, they've said it's going to be the last time they do that, <laughs> rightly, but I think, yeah, it really showed. Yeah, absolutely. So, who is your main character on Smash Brothers? Uh, I'd say I am. Uh, I, I'm doing okay with Cloud. I'm still only playing against the computer because you know the internet connection isn't particularly great at the moment. Uh, as I say, the online service for Nintendo was released back in what September, and yeah. and it's not been particularly been great. Yeah. yeah, it's been patchy to say the least. You know, so certain games will just kind of freeze on you. I'd say, okay, you know what? I'm just going to keep to the local multiplayer because. Uh, you can't really play a game like Smash Bros. or any fighting game. You can't play it with lag. Yeah, that's true. And I think we all know that. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's... What about you? How have you been with Smash um, Bros.? I think I'm really enjoying playing with Ganondorf. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, that's the first one most people... Like, that's the, that's the first game in a while that I people mean, are having fun I'm, playing with I'm, I'm a huge Legend of Zelda fan, <laughs> and I love the Ganondorf in this. He's, like, going back to his Ocarina of Time kind of style. Yeah. He's faster, his, um, his reach is a lot better, mm. 
And yeah, I just love it. He's the powerhouse. The powerhouse always wanted. He has the Triforce of power <laughs> and it really shows. You know, um, it's that first weekend where we both got it and I don't think our family saw us for like a week. Oh, <laughs> that... The preceding week. See, that was hellish because <laughs> my del- I pre-ordered it and it got delayed by a day. So he got it before me. <laughs> so I had to like sit at home getting screenshots for him. Not being able to play, it was it was murder, agony. It was it was bad, <laughs> but eventually came and I finished work and I think I played from after a twelve hour shift. I played from about nine o'clock <laughs> to three o'clock in the morning. Yes, I was exhausted, almost up for twenty four hours, but it was worth it. Smash is just one of those games. It's, it's very addictive as well. I mean. That first week of getting it, and you're just like, okay, all I need to do now, all my my main focus of this entire week is just getting every single character. Because, you know, for all of you who don't know, uh, the the roster of this game is the biggest ever in a, in a fighting yeah. game. Uh, well, to my knowledge, anyway. Yeah. But it's definitely in Smash Bros. So every character who's ever been in a series is in this game. Yeah. And all together, so far, there are 72 characters? 72, yeah. So 73, you, now you've got the Piranha Plant. Yes, 73, <laughs> now you've got Piranha Plant. But 72, and of those... 64 you had to unlock. Yes. So you start off with 8. And 64 characters you have to unlock. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably Ooh. ashamed to say I spent probably <laughs> 8 to 9 hours across every day since it came out the first week just unlocking character after character after character. And I had a good time doing it. It's it's one of those games... It was a late you, you don't mind putting in the hours because it's genuinely fun. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. But so, um, I feel like, you know, Smash is one of those games now we have which we're going to be able to play together for yeah. the foreseeable future. And, and it's always a good option for multiplayer. In fact, it's, it's best in multiplayer. That was one of the fantastic things about it, December release. Yeah. People were back home for Christmas, so you could, friends were back in town, so we could all get together and play Smash Brothers. Exactly. exactly. And you can play up to eight players, which <laughs> is even better. It's hell. It's an absolute hell. It's a hellish chaos, but... <laughs> You can do it. <laughs> you, yeah, it's, it's doable, is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. So, moving away from Smash, what else have you enjoyed this last year? Well, just before I got Smash, I got another game, which came out in, a re- in, the, in the same period of the year. Ladies and gentlemen, the Spider-Man game on PlayStation 4. Uh, all I can nice. say is, oh, that was beautiful. Like, I knew going in, right? So... About 2015, 2016, when they first announced it, uh, they showed a trailer, it looked beautiful, people were saying the game's not actually going to look like this. I said, hey, look who's developing it. And, yeah, so the team developing the Spider-Man game, who have developed it, are a team called Insomniac. Now, Insomniac are responsible for the original Spyro the Dragon, which is beloved, and Ratchet and Clank, which is Excellent also Excellent games in their own right. Amazing Fantastic. games in their own right. But they're also absolutely gorgeous for their own time. So, Spider-Man, there was a lot of hype going into this for about three, two, three years. I, I've just been thinking, yes, can't wait for this to come out, because, one, I was a huge Spider-Man game fan from back in the day, where I used to play a lot of Spider-Man 2, it was one of the best games I played on the PlayStation 2. It's, uh, it's one of those games which really encapsulates the idea of freedom and being able to move around in an open world. You see, open worlds are becoming, oh, have become very common. Yeah, it's become very common the games. past few years. But back then, in the early 2000s, I mean, they weren't as common. Grand Theft Auto wasn't, hasn't, hadn't had taken off as much back then. And you had this game where you were able to web-swing around New York City, and it was, it was fairly detailed, and it was so much fun. So... 
Yeah, I was. I think a, a lot of it was nostalgia for that game. I was thinking of that game, thinking, man, I can't wait if it's even remotely like that. And guess what? It's it's like a million times better. Another case, <laughs> another case when the developers have gone above and beyond yes. and really pushed the boat out to produce a fantastic open world game. Like the, the little details you get in that game are absolutely absurd. You see. Even things like you're walking along the street, people speaking to you, yeah, and and you're like waving at them and interacting with them. You're you're <laughs> just case in point. The amount of like care and detail put into this game, the dialogue recorded changes pitch depending on whether you're web swinging or not. So, for example, if you're if you're taking a call in the middle of a web swing, Peter Parker's dialogue sounds more exerted than if he was just on the ground That's and if impressive. he was at a standstill, That's... which means. All the dialogue in the game was recorded twice. Once when he's exerting himself and when he's at a standstill. That's fantastic. That's crazy. That's, That's crazy detail. Yeah. And Spider-Man really does speak to how uh, how fantastic this generation of game consoles are. Like, I don't know how we can get even better. But I mean, this generation, it just it, it, it is one of the pinnacles of this generation of uh, games consoles. The PlayStation 4 has really outdone itself in terms of well, what definitely. we've got so far. And Spider-Man is absolutely at the top of that. I'd, I'd go as far as to say it's been my favourite game on the PlayStation 4. I mean, it does beg the question, though, where do you go, for, go from here? Um, you have fantastic games like that. like you, 8K you, gaming. You, of course, want to do better. Of course, you want to do better and build upon that. So like, what, can you, what can they possibly do? Uh, faster processors. Yeah, and get rid of loading times altogether. Yeah, and obviously enhance the graphics because they yeah. always need a facelift. It's, and it's, it's it's an exciting game to be a game, exciting time to be a game developer. Yeah, absolutely. And I would also concur it is an exciting game to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, moving away from Spider Man, anything else you've enjoyed? I had a pretty good time with the uh, most recent Pokemon release. Oh, Pokemon Let's Go. Yeah, Pokemon Let's Go. I, I had a pretty good time with it. I know. I didn't realise it would be uh, considered to be a bit more divisive. I, I thought people knew going into it that it was going to be a bit of a watered-down game compared to the core series of games. I mean, it was quite a light-hearted take. Yeah, it's, it's enjoyable it's nonetheless. It's definitely aimed at a newer, younger audience, which yeah. is why it incorporates Go so much. Yeah. But I think it was a great idea to redo the original Generation 1 games. Oh, and yeah, without a doubt. Because there's so much nostalgia there for people, and... Those games are genuinely at the pinnacle of gaming for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if anyone like remembers playing the original, original Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue. They, yeah, they had a lot of mechanics which needed to be updated. And oh, I yeah. think a lot of the, what was it, the quality of life improvements mm. brought to Let's Go. It just made the experience so much better. Especially as somebody who had laboured through certain parts of the original Pokemon Red and thought, man, uh, this, this could be a lot better. A lot of the times it was an uphill struggle. Yeah, I, I mean, mean the, those games are great. The difficulty yeah. curve in the original games are quite. There were a lot of uh, aspects of it which needed a facelift. Yeah, and yet we did get remakes in Fire Red and Leaf Green, but yeah. at the same time, those games could also use <laughs> uplifts because obviously early two thousands games yeah. still could do a lot better. I'm just generally happy we have it. If I'm being honest, I I know I can kind of see the strategy by the Pokemon company is that you know they're releasing core series of games and they're releasing this for like an alternate market yeah. of people who are Go gamers potentially. I think it was a really smart smart idea to incorporate the uh, motion control catching mechanic because you know if there's one thing to make you feel like a Pokemon trainer, yeah. it's throwing a ball at a Pokemon. Oh, without a doubt, <laughs> and I mean, not using your fingertip. <laughs> they made. 
they made the Pokemon games totally accessible yeah. for new generation of players. I was playing it with my nephew. I was like, um, I, was, I, was, I was like, hey, look, this is how you do it. And I was like holding his hand and yeah. making him throw the Pokeball. That's priceless. Yeah, but his eyes are just gleaming with delight. Yeah, and then, and then you know, because you get to ride Pokemon, he was like, oh my god, it's Onyx, I want to ride the Onyx. So like, do you know what I mean? It's that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's, it's from the eyes of like a seven-year-old. Yeah. It must have been, poof, wow, mm. this is crazy. You forget sometimes that these games aren't necessarily aimed for our age anymore. Yeah, that's true. I, I enjoyed it nonetheless, but I'm not sure if I'd replay it again. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think uh, I'm no longer at that age where I kind of want to replay those games. Yeah. It's I not mean, as easy to pick up and play and replay yeah. as, you know, the handheld ones are. Because of course, they're, yeah. they're a lot more streamlined. Yeah. But yeah. Um, what do you reckon? We're going to get a new Pokemon game this year? With hope. With hope. Yeah, a totally new generation of Pokemon to Gen 8, maybe. Yeah. Gen 8. I am quite rusty with my previous generations, so I need to brush up. Yeah, because what, Ev- last every- Everything past Gen 4, four I think, I'm a little bit rusty on. Yeah, whereas me, the diehard Pokemon, I need to know everything about it kind of yeah. guy. Um, yeah, I've, I've played all of them, and, you know, I've, I've had a great time with it. It's one of my favourite series, yeah. and that's for a good reason. <laughs> it's without a doubt something to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've we've had our fair share of disappointment lately with, uh, with Metroid. Yeah, yeah I thought you were <laughs> going to say Metroid. With the Metroid announcement. So, so. I'm not going to hold my breath when it comes to the uh, prospect of Pokemon coming out this year. Like, okay, so for all of you who don't know, uh, they back in 2017, Metroid had a couple of big announcements. They were a re- I think releasing... it was like during E3, they released a little kind yeah, of snapshot released... of the Metroid 4 logo. Yes. So the latest game that would come out on the Switch. But in January, we were... They posted an update, and you knew there was something wrong, because you went, on, you went on the, onto the YouTube thumbnail, <laughs> and it was a very, very solemn Japanese man <laughs> standing there behind the Nintendo logo, so you knew something was wrong. Looking really disappointed, like, guys, uh, and, I have bad news. But you've got, you've got to respect their decision. They, well, yeah, so basically, they decided to scrap all the progress they've made in the last two years on making the game, and restart. Yeah, they weren't happy with the direction it was going. Yeah. They weren't happy with what had been made so far and decided, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to go for it all over again. And uh, no matter what, we, even though we've invested a lot into this so far, it doesn't matter. We're just going to go ahead and start restart it. Which I I think, personally, as much as I, I wanted Metroid to come out this year... Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I, I generally think it speaks to the quality control at Nintendo that they flat out refuse, even after investing so much they flat out refuse to release something which they believe is under par. Yeah, they don't want to release something subpar. Because the Metro series... Yeah. It's a staple, staple standout, flagship character. And they've done amazingly well on the other devices, the GameCube, the Nintendo Wii. Mm. Even the NES, like the original Metroid games are some of the most highly regarded games Mm. of all time, Super Metroid. Um, if you really think about it, like compare that to the practices of like EA, yeah. who who become so notorious in the gaming life. Yeah, nowadays. they kind of just like release after release after release, no quality control. No quality control, but also just kind of getting as much money as possible out of their gamers. Yeah, you, you do you kind of you feel kind of happy that you're yeah. part of this community. It's a refreshing take, I think. Yeah, it's good to see game companies not exploiting people. Yeah, in in both. Yeah, you know, the way they treat the consumers, but at the same time, you know, ideally the way they treat the developers. Yeah. And <laughs> um, let's be honest, though, I think we're looking to maybe a Metroid release probably towards the end of the Nintendo Switch's life cycle. 
2021 ish, probably. probably. I mean, let's be honest, it takes about three, four years to make a game like that, yeah. especially on a modern day console. You've got a game which the, the whole premise behind Metroid is you go around and explore and, oh, yeah. and, and yeah. find things, and the only way you're going to do that is making an expansive world that's yeah. absolutely you know, gargantuan. Yeah, it's just another thing to look forward to. Absolutely. I mean, we do have a lot to keep us occupied in the here and now. Yeah. I mean, You've got Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> I, I don't just got Kingdom Hearts. I <laughs> So to give you guys a bit of background in you know the history of me and Kingdom Hearts, this is probably my favourite game franchise of all time. Uh, I first played the original one when I was about seven years old, eight years old, and, uh, and then it kind of took me and to the action RPG nerd that I am today. To the point where then I played a second one and... It's not a bad place to start out. <laughs> it's really not a bad place to start out. It's the, one, it's the reason why I got into Final Fantasy. Um, it's It's been, what, 15 years since Kingdom Hearts 2 came out and that's one of my favourite games of all time. So for Kingdom Hearts 3, you can imagine there's a lot of anticipation. I mean, you know we talked about Metroid being delayed and delayed. Well, Kingdom Hearts 3 was announced in 2014. The game came out in 2019. <laughs> the original trailer was that long ago. It's been so long. That's crazy. And uh, yet, you know what? It's been worth every minute waiting because I have to say, this game is fantastic. Like, to give you guys an idea of the premise of Kingdom Hearts overall, you've got... Uh, it's basically a cross between Final Fantasy and Disney, of all things. It's very much Disney's answer to Final Fantasy. <laughs> it is, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite interesting because you've got uh, your Final Fantasy char- Final Fantasy-based characters going around into Disney World and being part of their integrated plots. So, for example, in this new... well. For example, in the first game, you go to more of the Renaissance films such as Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, you know, like the staple ones, the staple films, Peter Pan. Whereas in the latest game, uh, obviously because they've already done those games, uh, those Disney worlds, they've now decided to go for the more uh, contemporary Disney films. So, for example, Tangled and Big Hero 6. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the box on, I'm seeing <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, Big Hero 6, Frozen, Toy Story, uh, Monsters, Inc. Yeah, Monsters, Inc. Do you know what? It would have been stupid not to go for Frozen, considering the impact that film had. Oh, yeah, Frozen was insane. Yeah, exactly. Like, back when that came out, people yeah. were obsessing about it so much. So it makes sense to go and make a Disney world about it in Kingdom Hearts. And yeah, this game has been absolutely fantastic. I would highly recommend it to anybody who's a fan of the series. It's a bit hard to catch up with if you're not already a fan, but... I it, mean, you could just do what I've done. There's plenty of YouTube videos out there giving you a kind of general kind of... <laughs> idea of idea. They are like half an hour long. <laughs> they give you a general idea of the overall storyline. Exactly. But um, yeah, I think that's going to keep me busy for a little while. Yeah. I mean, it's not quite one of those games you go for 100% completion. It's more of a... No, absolutely You immerse not. yourself in this world and... Yeah, you immerse yourself into the story and just really get behind it. Yeah. Is there anything else you, you're looking forward to playing? I'm trying to think. Any releases on Nintendo Switch? Well, I'm planning to buy a PS4. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've got that to look forward to. Looking forward to playing Dragon Ball Fighters. Oh, yeah, that was a great game in 2018, to be yeah. fair. I did sink a lot of hours into that, but yet again, because I, I don't have anybody to really yeah. sit and play local multiplayer, I wasn't really going to be playing that for an elongated period of time. Do you know what I did have a fair amount of fun with, though? What was that? And I, and, and I don't know if this is a controversial take, because a lot of people probably haven't. The, um, the NES online service by okay. Nintendo, yeah, as a part of their uh, Nintendo online subscription, you get a, a number of free NES games. Yeah. 
Okay, so most of them aren't very good, if I'm being honest. Yeah, you've got a few obscure titles next to big name titles. And, and um, yeah. like 90% of them are quite obscure. Obscure, and some, and you know, a lot of them, bar maybe three of the games on there, don't really hold up by modern standards. I mean, oh, even yeah. like Legend of Zelda, which is one of the, yeah, like, considered like, one of the greatest series Legend of Zelda. Legend of Zelda is a series that holds close to my heart, but the initial games are. Uh, are uh, not aged well, <laughs> yeah. not to, to say the least. On the other hand, I yeah, I, I finally played through the original Mario. Oh yeah, Super How'd you Mario. Find it? It, it's pretty great. I mean, it actually holds up pretty well. Um, it's short and simple, really. I think it's impossible to play without the kind of online system that's mm-hmm. kind of geared towards making it more accessible in this day and age. Do you mean save states? The save states. Uh, yeah. Well. Original Mario isn't that bad. I remember playing Super Mario Bros. 3 and thinking, okay, this would be a bit harder without mm. save states. Um, but yeah, Original Mario was a bit... It's one of those games you could probably beat with like an, maybe just sitting around for two hours. Mm. But yeah, it was, it was great because, you know, you, you hear about these series and how sort of groundbreaking they were back in the day. Yeah. And you think, yeah, I'll, I'll give this a go. Let's see how I do. I mean, I'm really hoping that the classics that Nintendo released and they kind of move away from the NES and more to the SNES. Super Nintendo system. Yes. I would very much love that. I know they've recently stopped releasing the um, SNES classics and the NES classics. Yeah, as we mentioned before, you had SNES classics, which um, had a band for us for the first time. So and I'm really hoping yeah. that kind of indicates they're going to be releasing these online and that would be fantastic. I think there's a huge market for it because no matter what, no matter how far you get into history, yeah. uh, well, you know, into the future, I think people will always have that um, want for retro gaming. Yeah, I mean, even for men, Nintendo's would release something like um, Chrono Trigger on their eShop or even, mm. yeah, things like that. I'd love maybe some Dragon Quest even. That'd be great. Yeah, you hear I'm, that? I'm a, I'm a sucker for any RPG, so Nintendo, come at me. You hear that, Nintendo? We have our demands. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think with our demands laid out, laid out, I think it's a good time to sign off. I do agree. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you have any questions you want to ask, or if you want to let us know what you're looking forward to playing next year, then do get in touch on Twitter at MrFuzz16. Okay, so that's all from me. And all from me too. Goodbye.